0: Welcome to the Nicholas Natale show, where we chat with entrepreneurs, experts, and entertainers to help you live a more fulfilling life and take your business to the next level. This week on the podcast, we have Gabrielle Walsh. Gabrielle Walsh is an accomplished actress. You may know her from Shameless 911, The Vampire Diaries, and more. She studied at the Moscow Art Theater School in Russia and received her Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting from Northern Illinois University. If you're not connected with me on Instagram, at Nicholas Natale, please do so. I post valuable content on their daily Daily Riddle of the week, why don't cows have money? Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out. This episode was professionally mixed and mastered by a gentleman who needs no introduction, Grant Singer, the audio engineer icon. If you'd like Grant to audio engineer your podcast or music, click the link to singerville.com in the show notes or reach out to him on Instagram at grantesinger. That was the intro, now here is the episode. Hello and welcome. This is the Nicholas Detali Show. I am your host, Nicholas Detali. Today we have a very special guest, Gabrielle Walsh. Gabrielle, season's greetings.
1: Well, hello, hello, hello there. Thank you for having me.
0: I am incredibly excited to have you on the show. And here's where I want to start. I know you're from Chicago, Willow Springs, more specifically.
1: Yes, uh, LaGrange area. Yeah. LaGrange La uh, countryside, even more specifically. It's like a subpart of the subpart of the suburb.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm getting deep into the Chicago roots. <sighs> yeah. Here is where I want to start in your timeline. Mm-hmm. You had your daughter, Layla, at 15 years old. Tell me about what was going on in your life then and how it impacted you.
1: Oh man, I was in love. I was in love, you know, like um my daughter's father was my first love uh at the time and I'd never experienced anything like that, you know, like I was a very mischievous young girl. Um thought I was an adult, you know, and and acted as such and yeah, I just <laughs> Well, we know how conception happens. And I ended up, you know, like through our relationship, fairly fairly, um, uh, new to our relationship, uh, got pregnant with Layla. And I mean, I think that was one of the hardest times of of my life. One of the... Many, um, but definitely um, a time where I found an anchor of of grace and and purpose and a, a tie to this life in having my daughter. I was, like you said, like I was fifteen years old. Um, he was sixteen years old. We didn't know what we were doing. I just, for whatever reason, at that time, felt like this happened and this was meant to be, that me having this child was meant to be. Um, my family, on the other hand, disagreed with me. <laughs> they didn't think that, you know, they were mm-hmm. they were afraid, they were concerned that I was going to be throwing my life away. Um, so there was like some internal conflict with that. Um, there was internal conflict with uh, my daughter's father and what was going on in his family. And, you know, I, I took on a lot of, of burdens from a very young age of trying to be a caretaker for him and myself and fighting with my family and felt very, very uh, lost. And the only thing that was keeping me grounded, like I said, my anchor Grace was my daughter and she wasn't even here yet made me feel like I'm like okay like now I have a greater purpose to weather this storm is my 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 child and I'm a child but my child and you never feel that way when you're mm-hmm. like a kid like you you feel like okay I'm a kid but you you're the oldest you've ever been so you're like you know all right well if this isn't in front of me in some way I'm scared you know uh, I'm scared to death but this is what God has blessed me with in my life and That's from the moment that I saw her on the screen. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep her and this is going to be my daughter and we're going to do this life together. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but um, I know that this is meant to be and she is just my little um, saving, saving grace to remind me of why. I'm here, why I do what I do, and the need to keep going, no matter how hard it's gotten, because it's gotten hard in many different ways, not only just uh, before she was born, you know? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Give me some insight into some of those harder times, because I imagine things change quite a bit once you get into the day to day of beginning to raise a child.
1: Yeah. You know, like I was very blessed as far as like raising my daughter goes to have my father, you know, to, to help me, uh, continue and finish high school. And then thereafter go to college and put me through college, like as much as we like, you know, butted heads, like he was like the, biggest support system for me when it came to helping me raise my daughter and to giving her a a stable, loving environment of growth. Um, The harder times, I mean, you know, like I was like a 15-year-old girl trying to, who who didn't really know herself, who was going through just a lot of like emotional uh, abuse and depression. I had, um, at the, the time, my my daughter's father had gotten kicked out of his home, and I was sneaking him into my home, having him live with me unbeknownst to my dad. I'm like, Oh god, I'm like when I tell these things, I'm like, my poor father. I'm like, Thank God. <laughs> Yeah. you know like for my baby but like lord i thought there was gonna be some hell to pay you know she's <laughs> 16 now you know but <sighs> i've been uh blessed so far and i one, but you know like i was dealing with the tumultuousness of my relationship of you know like um things that i believed at the time were Um, meant to be like, just like me having my child that because, you know, he stayed in my life and I was a support system that we were meant to do this life together to get married. And, and so when the love and respect didn't meet up to that and it felt like I just, I don't know, like I was just in severe depression, like, you know, like I had wanted to, you know, um, In my life, you know, quite frankly, like, but I I was pregnant with my daughter and then thereafter, when, even when she was out of me, I was just like, I can't do this because I have my daughter. Like that's I'm talking about the anchor of grace, that push to keep going, a greater purpose that links me to this world. Um, And, you know, like in going through all that and not knowing how to really like stand up for myself because I created such an environment of uh, secrets of not sharing the things that were going on with me of isolation in my, uh, circumstances for either the, the relationships that I had, or, you know, like, uh, as far as like, um, not trusting me to be able to myself, uh, my family to bring it to them without feeling a, a heavy sense of judgment or friends who are my age, who, you know, betrayed me in, in different ways and just you know, were somewhat of a support. Like I did have friends who were somewhat of a support, but they're, I've got a kid, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I am like pregnant and, or have a baby in my arms. Like the, the, the being able to relate and meet on a common ground or give advice or whatever, you know, like is uh, very limited when it comes to that. Or even the desire to hang out, you know, because you're like, I'm like fifteen years old. Like I want to go out and hang yeah. out with my friends. Like I don't want to think about that. Like I want to do what, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. doing before I got pregnant, go and smoke weed and like hang out with some boys and like, you know, like what?
0: Yeah.
1: Um and so, you know, like I I just felt very alone. And I came to a point in time in my life where You know, like I just, I wanted to, uh, nothing, I didn't feel understood. I didn't feel seen. I wanted to make it work. I was believing that, you know, this person was the person that I was meant to marry and be with for the rest of my life. But I wasn't getting what I needed and I felt like crap. You know, like I I was just like, is a person that I love supposed to make me feel this way? We're fighting is this something that i want my daughter to endure i thought things would change once change once um i had her but it was still the same kind of like song and dance and the same expectations i gained a little bit more um self-respect and and dignity and and more strictness once i saw her because i'm just like yo i notice how much my emotions and heart are pulled in this way that is not healthy for me. And I can't allow that, but I am so stuck on you. I've put so much into you and that, you know, kind of stigma of like not being with the one who, you know, is the father of your child already being a pregnant teen. Like I thought we were going to do that and do life together. And it just wasn't that. And, I just was like in a place where I just wanted to I wanted to end my life. Like I felt like everything was like against me, but I had my daughter and you know, I just remember praying to God and I was like God, please like help me. Help me out of this place. Take him off of my heart. Help me to 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 be free to not feel this pain anymore. Like what do you need me to do? Like I'm open, you know, like I'm open. I have nothing left. Like, I want to go. And um, I remember that time was very, very scary for me. I couldn't tell anybody. I didn't know how to tell anybody. And uh, I remember there was this one time that I went out with my friends. I didn't get, like, a whisper or anything from, like, God. But I just remember there was this time that it just, like, a switch in me kind of just shut off that he had said something to me that was just just kind of simple just like oh you know calling somebody like a name but just like hit something within me and you know like having my my girl with me there i was just like you know what i'm done and i felt like a sense of peace and strength in that that i'm like okay like i'm gonna be okay and i had never felt that before I never felt that I was going to be okay without him and that I, he needed me and so I needed him. And um, it's not like everything was like sunshine and roses after that. I lost my mind a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to figure myself out. <laughs> Who is this girl now without this man and, you know, and yeah. and, and whatnot. But, you know, like I, I think like every time that I have been in such a pressed place uh, in life where, You know, I can't see a way out, which is a part of why I do the Testimony Tuesdays when I'm going through a trial or tribulation in my life. And I just have nothing but God and a prayer. (laughs) I am met with so much like thereafter, like the freedom that I felt with that. Breaking of that tie was just like what? Like I didn't ever think of that possibility. The suicidal thoughts like left me for some time. You know, like I, you know, like they they ended up coming back <laughs> later in life. But there was a lot of beauty in that relationship, and I take that beauty for what it is. And especially my daughter, my anchor of grace. But it was time to let go of the belief in this. Being my for, forever person, in order to serve a, a greater, great, greater, greater vigor in life. Because in that place, like no matter how much you love somebody, no matter how much they love you, sometimes you just don't know or aren't in a place uh, where that person um, or you can love and respect and value that other person. And when somebody is showing you that they don't love or respect or value you no matter how much of that connection no matter how much of that time and energy that you put in that what is best for them to love respect and value you if you come at an impasse is to go change the relationship in some way you know otherwise it's just gonna keep doing this and that's a lesson that I've uh Continue learned, to learn, but I've definitely got more. Yeah, I, d- I definitely got more. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't aware, you know, like at the time now yeah, I'm a little yeah. bit more aware and I'm like, oh, okay, I see. It's, it's not, doesn't make it easier just knowing it, you know, a little bit yeah. easier, but still.
0: It's still tough. And it, it seems like that's an incredibly tough decision to make, especially at that age. I always think about how we're able to make those types of decisions at young ages when we don't have a lot of life experience to back those up, right? Like it's it's almost <laughs> yeah. it's instinct. It's you know there's a lot to it. Let's talk about some of the resurfacing of those thoughts because I'm curious if they resurfaced for new reasons or similar reasons.
1: Hmm, that is a good question. I mean, I think kind of like different versions of the same thing. Kind of like, uh, i repeat themselves. I had gone through another another trauma. I don't want to like out, like everything, but I had just gotten to college and I thought this was like a new generation and a restarting of my life. And I had, um, I, I was assaulted in college and, you know, the, um, in another relationship, you know, like, um, the person who I was, I was with at the time and seeing, and, you know, that relationship was a mess in and of itself before, you know, the uh, the event happened, but like, you know, yeah. um, it's great. But, um, you know, they didn't believe me or just couldn't be a support system to me. So it was this feeling of this deep feeling of abandonment.
0: Yeah.
1: Of, of rejection and, and loneliness and, Yeah. You know, like, and yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I, I, I freaked, I I freaked out with it. I didn't know, you know, what was happening around me. I was again, believing in something different. And then my world, uh, just kind of like shifted into this other place that was familiar to my past in some way, but definitely a whole new thing that was very, um, heavy and um and you know like i just felt like i was uh being abandoned and rejected and alone and i just you know uh couldn't deal with the loss couldn't deal with it you know so those uh uh thoughts and things came back up and you know like never followed all the way through with it like thank god you know but you know, it was just like again, like God, what is happening here? And that actually was a time where I got baptized for the first time. Oh my gosh! Like you know, you know, like I think that you know, like a lot of these things that happen in the forms of trial and tribulations are also blessings in that way. Like my relationship with God has continued to to grow throughout my life, but it's been you know, there's like an ebb and flow. Like you know, like. Stuff will happen. I'll have a great fall. Humpty Dumpty is broken all of it and put it and, and, and God put it back together again in some way. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I was like, yeah. all right, I'm going to sit back on this wall. God, I'm good. Thank you for that. And then I fall down again. I'm like, God, <laughs> just help me. <laughs> you know, but like. Put me but, back
0: together, please.
1: Yes, please. Put me back together again. I know there's some supernatural gr- uh, glue out here. We could do all things, eggshells and everything. <laughs> yeah. Glue it back together. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know, like with that, the intimacy of relationship, the growing of knowledge, the the essence of forgiveness and what that means, and you know, has continually been cultivated within within me, and the acceptance and the authority over these um, things that I have been through to be able to either use it in my work or to speak about it with with others, to be a resource of that. Um, love and 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 like how I felt in feeling alone and abandoned, to let them know that they're not alone, to let them know that they have a power and a strength inside of them and a resource to be able to endure, and that the endurance uh, has purpose, and it and and it makes everything so much more rich. But after that, at that time when I had experienced the suicidal thoughts once again, um. I had ended up going in and he the guy who was I was dating at the time left um I had somebody brought me to the campus church this is where I got my I got it right next to me right now my bible it's all jacked. That's good though. <laughs>
0: um
1: yeah, you know like um where where I got that and I got you know like uh of what they call, like, I mean, I wasn't like saved for the first time, but like baptized. I was baptized when I was seven years old. Um, my father took me, my father raised me a uh, Catholic. Um, But I, you know, like went and actually uh, Layla, my daughter's father had introduced me to the non-denominational church, yeah. you know, like, so I like saying non-denominational, like Christian, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like church where I was just like, Oh, this is different. Like I always felt you know, like the spirit, you know, like, like following me in some ways through this. Like when you're a kid, I don't know if you ever had this, but um, like I remember I used to stare at the sun because I thought the sun was God and that it was following me every time we were in the car. I was like, look, I'm like, he's following me. He's shining down. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a great metaphor though. Just
1: like feeling this presence of of something, you know, greater, something magical and mystical in the in the ether and the vapors of this life, you know, that is, is 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 God, you know. And um, but I got baptized then and um you know, I mean I mean the journey of what that was and the Lessons in the back and forth I could go on and on about.
0: Yeah. I'm curious about a couple of things, but I guess the first one would be when you experience hardships like the ones you have experienced, does it change the way you view God?
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: How do you view him now?
1: You know, and an understanding, you know, like that God is more than we could possibly conceive. Mm-hmm you know, to think that we would, you know, because we, we, we in, in, in this life try to put labels and, and context to like everything, yeah. right. It's a, it's a part of our, 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 our human desire to, uh, be able to like qualify, attain, you know, like fill in the blanks in some way to make sense out of things and what is happening in our lives. But I feel like, you know, um, in the, in, um, in exodus when uh god appears to moses and he's uh telling him to go to egypt to free the slaves uh moses was like well who should i tell them that sent me and you know god has different names for himself all throughout the bible but he just said i am (laughs) it's like you're not gonna you know like try to you know it's just like it's this it's it's something that is, you know, um, bigger than I think we can see conceive, you know, a healer, a protector, a provider, all of this, but like so much more. And one thing that I had learned in the beginning of my journey after I got, you know, like baptized was just like, I was trying to follow the law. You know, like I was like, literally like, you know, like I have a, a people pleaser inside of me and I have a perfectionist inside of me.
0: Dangerous combo.
1: And I was just <laughs> yeah, really, because it's just like, how can I help you in whatever way that I will change? and in the best possible way? I mean, it, it provides an operation and like excellence and all these parts, you know, of ourselves are have served us in some way and in, in, in the form of survival. But it's just like uh, when you create awareness, what do you need? What do you don't need anymore? You know? OK, so. That's a whole nother thing. See, I told you I can just I can just keep going Tell and going and going. me. Let me know. But, but um, I uh, I forgot you're what I was saying. Now law.
0: you're baptized. For law.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. So I was just like asking the pastor. I'm like, is speeding a sin? You know, like
0: it's a good question.
1: I'm like, cause I like to speed, yeah. and it's not a big deal. <laughs> I don't yeah. think.
0: What's God think <laughs> about the speed limit? <laughs>
1: You know, like, but in in the maturity of this journey, and 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 also like coming from, and I'm not going to blame it entirely on like a religion or Catholicism, but I carried a lot of what I had learned and what my experience was up until that point uh, with uh, religion or relationship with God as a lot of judgment, a lot of shame. And that carried in all my relationships, how I dealt with life. Like after I got baptized, literally like for, I felt like I was like floating on air. Like I felt like I didn't realize that I was like looking up for the first time or what it felt like is like looking up for the first time instead of like looking down as I'm walking across the college campus. Like I was like, this is crazy. Um, but that, you know, like in that tightly wound understanding, which, you know, I found later in the Bible that it's like Paul talks about in Romans, um, that if you just follow the law, then you have missed the point. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about following the law. I believe it's about the experience of, of God's love and, and, and sharing that with others in freedom, in liberation, and to be truly free in this life. It's not about the law. The law is a part of a context to, to um, help us to be able to be aware of the things that could take us out of the um, grace of God in the way that we reject ourselves. One of my pastors had spoken about sin in a way that I had, oh, and even in the four agreements, in a way that I had never heard it spoken about before because it was like sin, sin, sin. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like it's like this, like... I don't know, like, the devil and the demon ghost, you <laughs> yeah. know, that just follows me around. I'm so, here. you know, like, let me whip my back, yeah. you know. I'm a sinner, <laughs> I'm a sinner. You know, like, and it was just like, oh, I can't do anything right. And, you know, like, but when, you know, <laughs> um, when it says, like, and Jesus died on the cross so that we would you know that the boast of, of sin and shame could be broken up off of us. that means not to feel guilty about the stuff that you do or the things in in in, in uh, what sin is. and so what my pastor had spoken about sin is is that sin is anything that goes against oneself. Mm. Now, if you look at it like that, then it takes a whole nother form. It's not something that it's just like, oh, you know, like I can't control and it's this like malicious thing. We do different things that go against ourselves a lot by believing in like uh, fear-based and and, and false beliefs, by doing like little things that, you know, like cause us a sense of... um, Uh, harm or or give ourselves a sense of like guilt and condemnation. So even like, if I, if I felt like speeding in some way to me was um, harmful to me, then yeah, then that would be something that, yeah, I shouldn't do because I'd be operating against myself. So it's like, how do we work in a way to not operate against ourselves? So God, the spirit and that love can um, be able to, do its work and have its way in us to clean and clear all the things that keep us trapped in this dream of of, of suffering and hell, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And it seems like it takes a lot of self-awareness to get to that point, right? Yeah. Like you can't know if you're working against yourself if you don't even know who you are.
1: You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't. You, I mean, how could you know that? And so like, you know, usually like I've beaten myself up for things that I don't know, yeah. you know, and it's like, you didn't know. So how could you have possibly stopped this if you didn't have the knowledge of it? Now you do. So don't continually beat yourself up and shame yourself for, and judge yourself for something that you you didn't know, but now you have knowledge of. So you can put the energy into the next time or whatever that this comes about because now you're growing in in wisdom. And that's a good thing. Sometimes these lessons don't sit within us unless it hurts.
0: Yeah, yeah that's very true. Won't even recognize it's there until I'm getting a pinch that I'm in pain.
1: You don't pay attention.
0: Does this change how you forgive others now? Like, did it did it change for you before? Ooh. to now.
1: Definitely, definitely. I felt like after reading the the four agreements. Um, it caused me to look at others in that way that he speaks of in the beginning of the book like as a mirror like and and i had experienced in a part of what brought me to acting so many different experiences and so many different people and different walks of life and had so much empathy for them and and wanted to understand them especially because i had experience a lot of pain through their journey and how it intersected with mine to want to understand why, why they did this or why they do what they do or where is this coming from? Or, or the, 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 the suffering that they had that I, I wanted to um, let them know like within my heart that, you know, like they're, they're not alone. Like I feel for them, you know? And I mean, that, <laughs> uh, um, that opened up a lot for, for me and was very beautiful, you know, and opened up a lot and within like understanding and not putting myself in certain situations just for experience and having self-respect, but, you know, but knowing that everybody is in their own, story they're the lead character of their own story and their own journey and you know even though we intersect in this way that all the knowledge that we have is partial and incomplete and according to the different things that we've been through and some people see it and have vision and and are are aware and so they don't uh repeat um, these these things or they're, they're able to break up off of those things and some people are just blinded to it and they create uh, more of a foundation of, of fear and bitterness in their heart, you know, and it's hard for them to be able to see. And so like knowing that we each are on our own unique journey and that even though you hurt me, or something that you do or say or whatever triggers something in me that causes pain, that um, that there's a lot, that, that it's not about me. Yes, I'm involved. Yes, you know, like there is pain. Yes, there is whatever it is, you know, that depending on the circumstance, you know, um, but that how you love How you receive, how you speak, how you communicate, how you deal with me is just based off of what you've experienced and what you believe up until this point of what you know and what you don't know. And so in that way, it makes it somewhat easier to be able to understand and to let go. And because of going through so much, I want people to have compassion for me and not judge me. And because I've judged myself so harshly, you know, in this life, I don't want to judge other people and I don't want them to judge me because I'm like, you know, only God can judge me because ain't nobody over here perfect. And if we delve into the closets of everybody, we'll find some things, you know, so it's just like, yeah, just slow down. You never, you never know what somebody has, has gone through um, in this life that makes them do the way they do. I've made it my mission to figure that out. Sometimes yeah, it yeah. drives me nuts. I tell you, it's just like, let it go now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not working on this character, let it yeah. go. It's reached the, yeah. uh, a point beyond your grasp of, of needing to understand. Yeah.
0: I think a big thing is, at least in regards to judgment, something that helps me considerably is knowing that this is everybody's first time around the world, right? This is everybody's first time trying new things, experimenting. Mm-hmm. Mistakes are going to be made. There's no there's no f- part of this world where we're all going to end up yeah. having this perfect lifestyle where we can say, yeah, all right, I, ha- I am in a super place to judge. That makes sense for me to do that. It just doesn't. And I think the other thing you touched on is in regards to forgiveness is n- the perspective to be able to say this I'm involved in this, but I'm still not entirely a part of this. Like this is you, how you're perceiving the world. That takes a lot of humility, like letting go a lot of pride to understand that, you know, this person is behaving in a certain way that is based on all those other experiences. Yeah. Super hard.
1: It's hard. Cause I mean, in a way you've, what I've like recognized right now is like in the, um, you know, um, forgiveness aspect and the letting go. Like, well, one of the authors that I like, uh, he wrote blessed and unstoppable. Uh, Billy Allsbrook said, um, unforgiveness is in- emotional incarceration to which you decide your own release state. Oh. That really <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> that's, powerful, yeah, that's right? so good. That's powerful, right? You know, so you're choosing to be imprisoned by things that which you cannot control mistakes or whatever you know just missteps of somebody else that hurt um but you know like you there. so what I've been learning uh right now is the attachments that I've placed in people and jobs and things maybe mostly like for me right now um Uh, jobs and and people and relationships um, that make it harder to be able to forgive and to let go because I have placed in some way a piece of my identity into you and you know like and that's you know like when like I said, like with, for example, my daughter's father and thinking that I was gonna spend the rest of my life with him, now when we had broken up, that belief that I had in that no longer served. It wasn't true. It was so difficult to break off even within the abuse and the lack of respect and love in their relationship. Because I had placed so much of my identity into him, into this belief of forever with him that now in and through habit, relationship, um, you know, like just the the interaction that we had with one one another and, and just the things that we formed, the ties that we formed within that now have to be broken off into new habits. That almost feel like this. This mourning of self, and I think that even if it is a like a long term relationship or somebody on the street or whatever, like for for a second when you go into that place of like unforgiveness of anger of pain of hurt, there's a second where you feel like you are out of control into what is happening. With you, yeah. and so when you're in that place, it's just like for that second of loss of control and that helplessness, that you know, uh, uh, lacking of, of power, that you are mourning a piece of yourself that got hurt, that got that yeah. nick, that that lost that control, that wasn't able to stop or to do or to whatever in that moment, and. You know, um, and, and, and because we attach ourselves, our personal power into so many things that are outside of ourselves and are subject to change at any point in time, in a second, that our power and, and that loss and stuff, it can be wavering. And I mean, you know, so, so I think, you know, like in honoring what we feel, but choosing, yes, to be released from emotional incarceration. So you're not giving over your power to somebody else because whether you recognize it or not, it's going to be impacting your relationships, your future relationships, your work, your whatever. Like I know in the process of the forgiveness that I'm, I'm going through right now, like my thoughts and whatnot, like can distract me and deter me and, and, you know, cloud, uh, my judgment or just me being present, me be a- being able to be present, to enjoy and to share my love energy. And maybe sometimes it's like for a second, but mm-hmm. it's just also not only on forgiveness, but trying to release, uh, from and let go of these beliefs that I had in a, in, in expectation, an expectation and expected results. In what I thought my life was going to be or look like, you know, it's, it's not, not. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy, but.
0: Fighting to be in the present moment yeah. is.
1: But we don't have to place that power on the other person, right? You know, and place all of our power on a result.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> fighting to be in the now, right now, which is one of the hardest things. And I think something else that you mentioned was like when you're in those quick moments where you feel you know, like you're losing that power, that sense of control, it's often hard to acknowledge it in the present moment. I feel like it's usually like, why am I acting this way? Why am I acting this way? And then like two hours later, you look back and you're like, oh, okay, I see whatever it was that was making me feel a certain way. I can kind of get it now, (laughs) even though I wish I had that clarity in the moment. Now I'm going to kick myself if I don't ask you this. So I need to ask you this now.
1: Okay.
0: You made... A jump from Chicago to LA at some point, and I imagine in pursuit of acting. What has the journey been like with that? That's huge to make a big transition in that way. Hi, friends. This is Nicholas D'Italli, and each week I try to bring you a banger of an episode. If you're tuning in right now, consider this your sign. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, then send this to two of your friends that you think would enjoy this episode. And may we never forget. This episode was professionally mixed and mastered by Grant. Grant Singer. If you'd like Grant to audio engineer your podcast music, reach out to him on Instagram at Singer. His handle will be in the show notes, or reach out to him through his website, singerville.com. All right, back to the episode.
1: Oh, man. I mean, pfft. Uh, it's, been this, it's been very unexpected. You know, like I think when um, they told me like, Oh, this career is going to be hard. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I knew that this was what I wanted yeah. to do. You know, like I knew this was just like it, you know? Um, I mean, other things I I believe are going are, are now in, um, uh, breeding from it, but this, I'm like, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just not, you know, blah, blah, blah. And things have line, lined up in that way and in a beautiful way and in many blessings that like kind of, you know, confirmed that belief. Um, but the roller coaster, <laughs> the roller coaster that is going from, you know, man, like, uh, I mean, I could talk about so much, but just, you know, from from what you think about these uh, actors that you see on television, like I used to think, like, oh, they're rich, they're working, da da da, they're over here, blah blah blah, but that's not always the case. Like, I have found a lot of humility, uh, in this, uh, career pursuit as it goes from getting major jobs to going back and doing like, you know, public service in, in a secondary job that, you know, wasn't like my first choice, but knowing that, okay, like I found a lesson and a blessing that in that, and that, you know, like this journey isn't all about just serving myself on this platform and being able to express my gifts, but also serving other people in that re-instilling, in that why, like I said, to inspire people and to make them feel seen, heard, and less alone. And, you know, like, you can forget that. You can forget it very easily. In this career, there's a lot of competition. There is a lot of no's. We are putting our heart and the type of actor that I want to be and, and strive to be um, is an experiential actor that is able to invest in whatever the story is in in, in present time and utilize um, my heart and my experience in truth and experience it in the here and now, in the moment. And... Um, that is very tearing at the soul. Yeah. It's very, it, it's, it, it requires, if you want to, you know, like you can feign emotion. And I mean, not that I don't act, you know, I'm, I'm still growing in, in yeah. my, my, yeah. you know, career. I'm not yeah. like, oh, now I'm on and I'm just experiencing it in the yeah. fullness. Like, no, there's like an ebb and flow that happens. And then you ride a wave that it's just like, yeah, I got yeah. lost. In that moment in time and that was beautiful and euphoric and you know, like I I get that. I felt like I was really invested in it where I just was there now, present, on, in yeah, it. Method. Get it. But uh
0: being in the flow. Getting into the flow of things, being ebbs in and the flows, flow. ups and downs, the roller coaster. But
1: but that is very yes, it's very emotionally tearing to go to those places in your life you're doing dramatic work you know like really dramatic work I had to on this recent uh uh short film that I did um my character uh was is really cool really cool concept but basically I had to go and uh go into these memories of these times with my mother who I regretted the last conversation um that we had and so You know, I carried a lot of like guilt and resentment for myself. And it was like in this dreamscape where it was very just like (sighs) raw and on the surface. And I'm trying to find a serial killer. Like it's really cool. Yeah. But you know, like I used, I used, I used a few things for that. But I, one of the main things that I use is my experience with loss because I experienced losing my father. So I went to those places. So I used my truth in there to be able to connect honestly with the scene. So I'm using literally like you getting to see a piece of like my nakedness in one of the toughest moments of my life. And I'm putting that out for, there for your entertainment. Yeah. Give the people what yeah. they want, you know, but, but there's, you know, like more than more than that. And that's just a part of like what I want to do is very, um trying on the on the soul and finding this way to uh, be a, a, a journeyman of navigating through the stories of your life and transmuting it and repurposing it for art and creation for beauty, laughter and pain, empathy and moving back, into being able to have a healthy and conscious uh, enjoyment of, of of this life outside of all the the labels and the things that you do. That's tough. Very tough. <laughs> in any career. Yeah. In any career um, path. And in this one, it's like Extreme. we spend a lot of time as people – you know, judging ourselves, and we put ourselves on the line to be judged—not only in auditions, but then by the audience.
0: Yeah, for everyone.
1: Or, in in the hopes of that someone, anyone will connect, will see, will find themselves, will find a sense of relief.
0: Mm-hmm. I have found it. will be entertained. It's very, <laughs> it's very emotionally taxing, though, to to what you're saying. Like it's to reach those places. There's some some really deep digging that has to be done. I'm curious if you have found a way to get into that flow state faster, that present moment. Cause I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about of where some days you get it, you get into the scene and you're like, I am so here. Like almost, it's almost outer body. Like you, you can almost hardly remember what you did in this scene because you're so there. And then, there's other days where you're like, I am yes. trying so hard to feel anything. Do you have a, do you have something that helps you get through the <laughs>
1: No, I know. I know, you know, um, this is so, I'm so happy that you asked this because this is a part of what, you know, like I've been, um, really like, I feel like I'm, I'm finding more now in, in my work. I think it's, you know, doing the homework before. Mm-hmm. Definitely doing all the homework before in, in going into the discovery of those places, like the type of work that I do with um, uh, at the Eric Morris workshop and in the intensive program, what we do is, is um, we, we read the script and, and we pay attention to the words that stick out to us what we presently feel, just reading through it, not attaching to ideas and concepts of how we feel that we should feel, not yet like going through the obligations of the author's intentions, but what initially comes up for us. And then exploring those choices, because whether they're right or wrong, they may go against an idea, but it's creating a a layer of, uh, of depth and fabric to this thing that is maybe unexpected and beautiful and be able to allow you to get lost because it's not confined to an idea or concept, which was a big issue for me. Still sometimes is, is playing into those concepts or idea of of things, of how they should be. I think we deal with that in life and not just yeah. acting, you know? And and um, after doing all of those home, that homework and that exploration, not tying yourself into ways to say lines too, by the way, like how can you be free and act, be, get lost if it's always said a certain yeah. way, you know? Um, and so doing your homework, practicing non-judgment, mm. because if you're sitting and judging yourself, you're watching your performance, you can't be present. It's another big thing. Present. Find your ground yourself in the now, in what is what you can see, taste, touch. Here, use all your senses in that. And a big thing, um, that uh, I've learned from this workshop that I love because it just you use everything, it doesn't negate anything. So, whatever you are feeling. Whatever you are experiencing, the character is also experiencing. So in that way, even if you feel like it's not related, you don't go into what you should be feeling. You just go into what is. So you said a second ago that, you know, like, I just can't feel anything. That is what the character is feeling. If you come from that place and you admit to yourself, like, I just can't feel anything right now. Usually when you open that up instead of trying to feel or trying to uh, block off the feelings that you don't want to feel, like anxiety or fear or stuff, and you allow yourself to – you can't hear this, right? I'll decline.
0: Sorry. You're chilling. You're good. I can still hear you. Oh no.
1: Okay. And you don't deny. Oh no, where'd you go? Up here. <laughs> okay, I found yeah. you again. Yay. Uh- <laughs> <Hey>. uh, you-, <laughs> you don't deny yourself that which you feel. It actually opens up and makes room for more and adds a layer of, of the unexpected. Realness? Yes, realness. Realness. Like you're going on this journey. You wanna go on this journey, this journey takes you if you like block out and try to control it, you know? It's not authentic. I mean, you could always say, well, I'm trying to control it because a character is controlling it. And then you see yourself get lost. Like it's just like this mind blow that just like happened to me. Like I was on set the other day and you know, like I was feeling feelings of like insecurity you know, like, and I'm talking to the other actor and I was just like, like, every time I got out of the scene, I was just like, you know, and I just like, didn't like it. It just was this layer of something that just felt like it was like just uncomfortable and felt mm, too close and painful to want to touch me. Like, I felt like it was like on me. And, you know, I would do that after and he was like, it was great. It was great. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, not everybody knows how you work. I'm like, I don't feel a certain way about, you know, like like my performance. I just, I'm feeling the residual of it yeah, after yeah, because so uh, the type of actor mm-hmm. I am It's just like I'm taking, you know, like and the before and the after, what I see in, in the before. Yeah, I, I prep to um, fulfill the emotional obligations of the scene, you know, that are a part of the choices that I've created and, and uh, worked on uh, prior to. Like so I'm 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 grounded in those things. I use real things from my life. You can, you know, use other other things. I use a lot of like sense memory in my um, work. And um, and 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 that kind of like I, I feel like creates a, a certain type of of freedom. And I also use this other thing called um, uh, sub personalities, which is a lot of like, I think character involvement. So like I talked to you earlier when I was talking about, I have a pe- people pleaser in me and a perfectionist in me. Those are all a part of the sub personalities that have worked it at, um, a subconscious level in, in my life. The perfectionist, the, um, people pleaser, the, um, warrior spirit, the mother, the, um, critic you know like the 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 vulnerable child these are all uh different pieces that you know like we we all have different sub personalities within us but that can reveal um to us more uh depth and and dynamics within the context of the scene how is this part of myself receiving this and i receive this from uh and a, an a, and aware ego state so I can creatively manipulate it and be able to ride off of these, these things sensorily in the moment, yeah. you know, like we have so many <laughs> cool tools, um, to use and I'm very blessed to, um, be working with Eric and Susanna Morris, like, pff. I mean, I love like all of the teachers before though have like led up to that in different ways. Some of the stuff that I do did in my college um, class, I I do in Eric Morris, but you know, he's just like, he was just like, people don't have these tools.
0: I'm
1: (laughs) like, well, actually he's like, no, no, no. I'm a genius. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love him. I won't tell him to watch this, but he is, he's very, he's a, he's a brilliant man, you know? He's a, he's a brilliant man in the way that he has uh, created a process um, and or a, a way to a process that you build for yourself Yeah. because I think we have to find what works for us and some things don't always work, don't work for but everybody. we have all these tools to work in the process to get to that free state, that experiential state, that riding, the wave.
0: Yeah. The super flow. Yeah. Yeah. And- Man, I think you bring up such a wonderful point about that residual feeling after a scene. I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough, at least in the acting community. Like you don't shut those emotions off as soon as it says cut. Like if it's real for you, if it's authentic for you in that moment, you're going to feel that for a while. Like that's that's something real, not only for your character, but for yourself. Gabrielle here's what I want to do. I'm going to say some things to you and then we're going to lead to the last question. I think you might be the most empathetic person I've ever met. And the reason I say that is because you have the ability to describe where people are actually at emotionally. And I've seen you do it. Like I've seen just from your work and the things that you put out, you can pinpoint how like the true... Feelings that people have. Like I haven't heard anyone describe the circumstances of what it feels like to be depressed or lonely like you have. I think that's something so valuable. And I think I think it hits to your point of being able to tell people they're loved. Like if you feel lonely, I have felt that. I can feel what you're going through and I can, you know, be there for you in this way because I understand it. Um, So I want to say thanks for coming on and telling your story and thanks for being who you are. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate being able to be on your platform and, you know, share, share my experience, share my love.
0: Absolutely. And the final question is about love. What's your drive for loving people so deeply? You are obviously a, a a deep lover of people. Where does it, where does it stem from?
1: Wow. ah, oh, man. You know, I made a promise to myself a long time ago during that time of, uh, you know, um, when I had my daughter and I didn't, you know, know if I was really going to make it to tomorrow and I was going through the pain of this, like, love that I thought was going to fill me that no matter what happens in my life, in this life, that I'm not going to allow myself to shut off from love, that I'm not going to uh, grow bitter and and close myself off, but I want to love and love deeply and and share that with others. I don't know what made me do that, Um, but I feel like it, was I you know, sometimes I feel like if I could help it <laughs> I would get it off. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, my drive and my motivation for that is just all those times that 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 little girl myself was feeling alone and and not seen or not heard and needed love that I am doing what I'm doing and going to experience love because she needs to experience love and she is me. And anyone else who has that little girl, little boy, that vulnerable um, being inside of them, we all do. The way to heal that is to receive that love. And I, if I can be a, a small portion in the sharing of that, in, in the journey of that in the making people not feel alone with that and I feel like've I've left something worth worthwhile in in this lifetime I've done something that means a whole lot no matter how big or small so <laughs> I guess I guess that's where it comes from
0: I think that's a great place for it to to come from for it to leave your mark on other people. Gabrielle, how can people connect with you? How can people get more of you? How can they find you on the internet?
1: Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm not on Twitter that much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. It's like my handles. Um, My Twitter is at Gabrielle E. Walsh. Um, my Instagram, I'm mostly on Instagram. I, I love Instagram. I just like love the pictures. I mostly post on my story. So check out my story and I do my own test and my testimony Tuesdays. Yes. I just did one today before this. We just running on a high right now, (laughs) um, that shares like other people's, my, my own and other people's, uh, stories and journeys in the way to remember that because we we did that, we can do this too. And it, it builds a, a, um, a remembrance of, of character and identity and endurance within us so that we can um, know that this too shall pass and that we are better for it and all things are working together for our good at the end of the day, whether we can see it at the time or not. And that is at iGabrielleWalsh on Instagram.
0: Perfect. And everything will be in the show notes if you'd like to find more of Gabriel. Gabrielle, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to um I look forward to seeing this, but then also watching more from from you. I've written down a few book recommendations from your uh no, no Instagram. Way. Um I think I got the audible. I don't know if it's like essentialism. I'm like, oh, yeah. I need that. I needed to know how Sounds to like, you know, organize yeah. this. This is great. They got so much going on. Yeah. And and, and thank you for doing what you're doing. I think it's um, important to share our stories and, and, you know, being someone to create a, a platform for that, for other people to resonate with each other and maybe find something is is a gift. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure too. And I'll tell you some more book recommendations right now after.
1: Yes, please. (laughs) Bye.
0: That was the episode. You just listened to it. Uploads every Friday at 6 a.m. The real reason you're still here, you want to know the answer to the riddle of the week. Why don't cows have money? Because the farmer milks them dry. Hoo, hoo, -hoo hoo-wee. Ooh wee, is that a dicey one, huh? Ugh. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and to share this episode with your friends and say something nice to them. We are coming up on the hundredth episode. Who's excited? I know I am. All right, I love you. See you next week. Goodbye.